Hey guys, it's our episode number three. We're so excited. We have a very special featured guest. Mm-hmm. And she is financial literate. You might know her from TikTok. Her name is Money with Cash. She has over 60,000 followers. She's Canadian and she's registered nurse. Thank you, Cassandra. And we're so excited that she's here with us today. Um, welcome, Cassandra. Welcome to Cassandra to the Bougie Weekly. So you, first off, you mentioned a little bit about your background that you're um, a first responder. That's really cool. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? That sounds way fancier and cooler than it actually (laughs) is, but sure, I'll take that title, whatever. But yeah, I'm just a, I'm currently a registered nurse. I've been a nurse for about a year and a half, so I'm relatively new. But yeah, working through the pandemic has been kind of weird and scary at first, but I think like everyone in healthcare could kind of, can kind of relate to this, that we're all kind of getting used to it by now. And so yeah. it's just kind of the norm now. I'm sure everyone is by now just kind of getting used to the whole situation. So, yeah, I'm a nurse. I've been that way for I've been a nurse for about a year and a half and uh, I'm just kind of working through it. And I think we're all kind of going through it together. So yeah. that's it. We're just kind of rolling with it for now. I mean, like, we just want to say thank you for your service. Like, yeah, this is a lie. no worries. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're just sitting at home doing nothing and you guys are out there fighting this. This is crazy. And that's our job. That's what we signed up for. So happy to do it. That's amazing. Well, I mean, like, how did you get into the TikTok and like uh, the financial side of that? What, yeah, yeah, like, what came first? Your interest in financial literacy or TikTok? Yeah, you have over 60,000 followers now. That's a lot. It sounds so weird to say it, but yeah. So I've been, I've, at the time I made made my TikTok about five or six months ago now. That was probably about a year after I became kind of financially literate, I guess you can call it. Um, I just read some personal finance books about now a year and a half ago at the time where I made my TikTok about a year ago, as I said. And so I was definitely kind of financially literate before I started making the TikTok. And then I kind of realized like I was kind of a silent observer on the app for a few months. And I was kind of just like creeping and watching and observing how other creators were doing it. And then I saw that there was this like financial literacy space and this like little community of creators there. And I was just like, you know, I think I can contribute in some way. Like I didn't see a lot of Canadian content specifically. And I think so much uh, books like in personal finance are like about America and like their Roth IRA and 401k. It's like, we don't have any Mm. of that. Yeah, like we don't have any of that stuff in Canada, right? No, for sure. Yeah, so I just kind of thought that there was maybe like a little gap there. So I kind of just tried it like at first just for fun with no expectations. And then as most things happen with no expectations, something came out of it for now. And so I'm just kind of riding with it for now. And so... Yeah, it's been about five months of posting. I try to post like once a day. Sometimes it doesn't happen because that's a lot of work, especially yeah, a little bit. I know. Like yeah, even I can't do anything. Yeah. Like I have TikTok account, but I haven't posted it. It feels like so much work to me. There's yeah. a lot of editing. Yeah. Oh my god. Sometimes and it's so annoying because sometimes I can spend like an hour like editing text and then like a video flops. And I'm just like, oh my god, like that's, so <laughs> that's that's just kind of TikTok. You just have kind of have to accept that and roll with it. And, but yeah, I try to post consistently. Sometimes it's hard because like, especially me being a newer nurse, my schedule is all wacky because I get kind of like the weird shifts and the night yeah. shifts and the day shifts. I think any new grad can relate to that. But yeah, I just started posting and um, somehow some people found what I was saying valuable and they kind of want to hear what I have to say. So I'm just kind of going with it for now. I'm really grateful for everyone so far. Uh, I love my audience. Uh, I have a lot of engagement on my posts. Everyone is always so receptive to learning. And so that's really why I came on because I'm so grateful that I was able to learn and become financially literate. And so I just kind of want to 
spread that to other people and kind of show that they can learn something new too and I think finances are so like such an integral part of our sure. life like yeah. as, uh, as people who live in North America like we don't live in somewhere like Bali where it's like you can live on a lower right. like we're in Canada and Canada has its perks but it also has a high cost of living too right sure, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I found that it was just so valuable to learn and I just want to kind of bring that light to other people and to kind of make financial literacy maybe a little bit more fun because it could be kind of dry Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of my intention going into it, low expectations, and then it kind of got into something more. So I'm just rolling with it for now. I mean, like, even like we learned so much from your videos, like the videos I saw. I'm like, oh my God, it makes so much sense now. Like, okay, investment. Before, yeah, like before I had no idea. But I didn't That's know what it, it there was. Certain, yeah, like there were certain things I had no idea of, like an ETF or EFT that I wanted to ask ETF. you about. Oh yeah, can you talk to us about <laughs> yeah. what an index fund is and what an ETF is? I mean, there's so many things, but yeah. yeah, can you just explain a little bit about that too, yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure, um, I think most people who hear about the stock market and investing kind of get this image of like Wolf of Wall Street throwing the papers in the air and like a trade going wrong and it's like, I don't think no one, like before I learned about investing, I never even knew what an index fund was. I thought like we had to do stock picking and mm-hmm. you know, what's this new company and buy some of their shares. but index fund is actually a way more accessible way to invest and it's also lower risk too because you don't have to like research new companies and until the 70s that's kind of how people had to invest but then someone named Jack Bogle actually invented this thing called the index fund in the mid 70s I believe and what it is basically is just a bunch of stocks so if you think of like let's say I want to buy Apple share right like a share of Apple I'm kind of buying like a piece of the company, like a piece of the Apple company. But with an index fund, I'm kind of getting like a basket of a bunch of small pieces of companies all together. And so I kind of become this, you kind of become this part owner of a bunch of different companies when you buy an index fund. And so that's where the index fund is. And then you kind of think of like an ETF. Uh, it's called, it stands for exchange, exchange traded fund, but these names are so confusing and basically you just have to know kind of what it does. Cause these acronyms and names are so weird, like index fund, ETF, what, mm-hmm. what is that, right? But an ETF is very similar to an index fund. The way I think about it is just that it's kind of, it's kind of like you're buying a piece of an index fund because an index fund, how I mentioned before, is like you're buying a bunch of different pieces of companies all at once, right? Yeah. But what makes an index fund different from an ETF is that an index fund, you can kind of put in your own amount of money. So for example, if someone were to invest, let's say $300 a month, they can choose if they wanna put $300 a month, $500 a month into an index fund, right? But the thing with an ETF, what makes it different is that an ETF is kind of bought and sold like an individual stock. So let's say Apple Apple stock is priced at I don't even know how much seven hundred. No, I think whatever high, many, yeah, yeah, like whatever how many dollars. Let's, yeah. let's say in this fictional world, it's priced at twenty dollars. Apple stock, right? I wish it was. I would be buying so much. <laughs> anyway, so let's say Apple stock is priced at twenty dollars, right? An index fund doesn't have a, a set price like that. It's more like you kind of put your money in and you kind of ride the wave of like an index fund of all the companies together. But an ETF is kind of bought like an individual stock in that an ETF is priced as like a piece. Mm-hmm. So, so an ETF, um, and let's say the S&P 500 index fund, this is like 500 American companies. It's right. a very common index fund. Usually it's the most, I talk a lot about it in my videos cause it's very diverse. Warren Buffett loves the index fund. A lot of pros recommend it, et cetera, et cetera. So in this case, you can either contribute to the S&P 500 index fund by putting in a set amount of money every month, like let's say $300. Or I could also buy an S&P 500 ETF 
and let's say some ETFs for S&P are let's say priced at $70. So that's kind of me buying a piece of the S&P 500 too. So basically, basically yeah. index funds and ETFs are kind of made up of the same materials, but they're just kind of bought and traded in a different way. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a, it's a lot to learn at first. I wish it was not as confusing at first, but it's kind of like an awkward learning curve you have to go through. You have to read some books and YouTube videos and articles. But once you get the difference down, it's so much like smooth sailing from there. No, but you're breaking it down in a very clear and concise yeah. way. I feel like I hope kind of no, 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 digest are. it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really good to know. No, I mean, so I want to get into stocks too. Like we want to start investing into stocks. So for a newbie person, do you suggest the index fund because we don't know where to invest, right? So that would be like yes. all different companies together. We just invest like $500 and then it'll go into yeah. different companies. In my, in my opinion, yeah, in my opinion, that's the best way to go at it because mm-hmm. individual stocks is more, it's more risky in the sense that you don't really know where an individual company is going in the short term or long term. But when you buy like an ETF or an index fund, you're buying a bunch of small pieces of different companies. So let's say like the S&P 500, for example, is made up of 500 different companies. So if a few companies are lagging, it's going to be offset by the ones that are doing really well. So you're so not going to lose that much money. It's exactly. Little- like it's more yeah. balanced, right? Because mm-hmm. like because even like companies that are affected by like bad PR or like the, the CEO does something stupid and then it makes the stock go lower like yeah. an index fund that won't really affect you as much compared to if you buy an individual stock so I personally think that it's like a good choice for beginners even as like people who are financially literate and invest regularly I still prefer index funds over individual stocks because I just don't like the headache of having to decide oh is this company gonna do well like mm-hmm. I don't know where it's gonna go in the future like I'd rather just have I'd rather just be more diverse and kind of like have my eggs in like a bunch of different baskets so that I'm kind of covered on all bases and it just kind of helps me sleep better at night so but it it all depends I think people have to just become uh have to learn and do like their own self-education decide what's comfortable for them because there's a bunch of different options there but I think overall in general a lot of pros like Warren Buffett and Jack Bogle recommended index funds so I think that's a great place to research and start for like the average person who's just getting into it thank you yeah I'm definitely going to invest in some of index funds for sure um no i also wanted to ask like okay for beginners do we need to open a separate account to invest in stocks right yes so i think most people are aware of like our checkings or savings account right i think yeah. it's pretty yeah. basic we yeah. have it's just a storage it's just like a, a storage for your money right mm-hmm. yeah but the mm-hmm. problem with savings accounts is that with inflation like you know how we have like our grandma saying oh back in the day i used to buy this for like 12 cents and now right. it's like two dollars that's because yeah. of inflation right and it's right. like yeah. kind of like this complex concept but basically all the layman person has to know is that stuff gets more expensive over time right right exactly. so if your money is sitting in the savings account it's actually losing value over time and so that's that's why it's so important to learn how to invest and so yeah when you invest you have to open up a separate account where you can now invest because for example with different banks right different banks or different online brokerages or investing platforms it's like an online investing platform that you have and with a savings account you don't have access to it so that's why you have to open up a separate account that you can invest in and there's a bunch of different accounts so that's a whole other topic or question too so okay the ones that we want to talk about that i think are sort of relevant which i know you discuss a lot rrsp yes tfsa do you want to talk a little bit about like when is an appropriate time for somebody to open up 
those two kinds of accounts. Yeah, so I love the TFSA. So I get trolls in my comments being like, you always talk about the TFSA. But it's like in the context of investing, when I'm going to talk about investing, and if I'm talking to a Canadian audience, I can't not talk about the TFSA. Yes. I don't know why dad actually made me open them four years ago. I have no idea what they are, but he's like, open them. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll open them, but I have no idea what they are. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the, actually, that's a common mistake that a lot of Canadians make is that they open this TFSA account and then they just don't know how to use it, right? And right. the name sucks too because it's called tax-free savings account, mm-hmm. and so it sounds like it's just a regular savings account. Like you just dump your money in, and like, and it somehow magically does something. Like no one really knows, but it should really be called tax-free investing account because that's what the account is meant to do. So when people people open up the account and then they think, okay, great, I, I opened up the account, I'm doing something right. And by the way, the age of to open up the account is like 18 or 19, depending on your province. In Ontario, it's 18. Mm-hmm. And so people open up the account, let's say they put $5,000 in and then ju- they just kind of leave it there. And that's a really common mistake that a lot of people make because when your money is just sitting in your TFSA, if it's not invested, it's just the same as a savings account. The point yeah, of a TFSA... Yeah, so the so your next step then would be to pick investments and buy investments with that money in the TFSA. Because here's what makes the TFSA so awesome and magical and unique is that the gains that you make in your TFSA, like they won't be taxed because usually whenever we, we make money from our job or whatever in Canada, that it gets taxed. That's called right. income tax, right? Like the money that we make is taxed as income tax. But with the TFSA, if I put in my money, let's say $1,000 and then it grows to $1,500, that $500 of growth would not be taxed. And the government knows that, and the government sets that up as an incentive for Canadians to prepare for the future. So the tax-free savings account is great, but you, a lot of Canadians make the mistake of just kind of putting the money in, not investing it, and so the next step is to invest it. And then you get tax-free growth. Like, there's not a lot of ways that we can get tax-free money legally. Yeah. So that's a great way that the government kind of lets us have some tax-free growth. So it's so amazing. I love the TFSA. And but, that, oh, sorry. sorry. No, I, my next question was, how do I invest? Is that a mutual fund? Yeah, like how do we invest from TSFA? You can like choose mm. different ones, right? Yeah. Depending yes. On- so your TFSA is the account. Right. And usually when you open up a TFSA, like with your bank or an online platform, you'll be exposed to this like online investing software. And it sounds so confusing, but it's really not. And customer service has been super good with banks or online platforms. So like they'll totally walk people through it if they have any questions. But basically when you open up a TFSA or RRSP as well, Mm -hmm. any account that you can invest with, you now have access to the software that allows you to buy and sell investments like from your computer, from your phone, et cetera. And so you kind of have to learn and navigate the software and kind of learn how to like the buy and the sell. And then the next step is also to choose which investment you want. And it's pretty, it's, it sounds really intimidating if you haven't done it before, but basically there's like a little search bar on your online platform. This is pretty similar for all, no matter what bank you are with. And you just kind of put the little fun name, like the name of the fund. It's usually like some weird course code, kind of like how like our classes university or high school had like a short form like weird yeah. letter. number and a yeah. letter yeah. yeah and it makes it so confusing but that's kind of the same way index funds or stocks are um and so you kind of just have to do some googling maybe find out find which fund you like find which index fund you like you kind of put the index fund into the online software within your account and then you just kind of have to navigate it you press buy you put how much money you want and so it's kind of a learning curve at first mm-hmm. it sounds confusing but uh, once you get through it, it's smooth sailing from there. So yeah, that's good Thanks. to know. And an RRSP is meant to be a retirement fund, yes? Correct. So similar to the TFSA, the RRSP name also sucks in my opinion because it's Registered Retirement Savings Plan. 
And this is not an account just to save your money and like you should also be using it to invest. So I wish it was called retirement, retro retirement investing plan. Cause I think that would eliminate so much confusion like among Canadians, mm-hmm. but similar to TFSA, um, putting money into your RRSP is only the first step. You should then also invest your money within the RRSP. And what makes the RRSP unique is that it actually reduced your taxable income. So if I make, let's say 60 K a year and I deposit let's say $5,000 into my RRSP. But if I, when I claim that on my tax return, the government now sees my income from $60,000 to now $55,000. And the less money you make, the less tax you pay. So in that way, it's a short-term tax kind of refund or not really a refund, but like you kind of save money on taxes. But when you're older, like ideally in your seventies, when you have to withdraw, you will pay taxes on the money that grew in your RRSP. But the idea there is that most seniors in Canada are not working anymore and so they have a really reduced income. I think like the average income for seniors uh, recently was like $30,000. So it's greatly reduced usually to your higher earning income years, like in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. And so the idea is that you get to save money now during your high income earning years as like a young adult or Mm -hmm. middle-aged adult. And then later when you're in a lower tax bracket where you're taxed a lower percentage like from the government because the less money you make the less you get taxed Mm -hmm. and so the idea is that there when you're a senior and you have to eventually pay the tax then you'll be taxed less because you're in a lower tax bracket so there's some rules that you have to learn at first first, but i really encourage people to try to like get through the dry information and rules because then it's so worth it in the long term good to know um okay and what is something that you found that has shocked you that people have no financial literacy on is it like basics or is it like yeah you know I think in general I'm not really shocked as to how much people don't know because like I think about my education even in university or high school or elementary it's like we were never I don't know about you guys but I was never taught this my friends were never taught we were talking about that was it in our last episode we were never taught any like budgeting financing anything what to do when you get a credit card like none of this stuff so I feel like it's all sort of a learning process right you have to like self-educate through people like you and like our financial advisors so yeah no I feel like we should have been taught in high school it's like one of the totally agree yeah learning 101 it should be yeah Yeah. it's it's so bad because like finances are literally like such an integral part and Mm -hmm. as I said before it's like we live in Canada the cost of living is high especially live especially if you live in like a a city like Vancouver Toronto etc it's like how can we not know this like this is so integral to like our well daily life yeah, yeah. and they, it's like we're not taught this so it's like i'm never surprised at the amount of information that people don't know because even three years ago i didn't even know any of this stuff right. and so um i think I'm, I'm never surprised but i think one of the things that i wish people knew more about is that like i said before putting your money in the savings account isn't good enough because it's really hard to save for retirement and there's even this saying oh you got to save for retirement you got to save for retirement but i think it should be changed like investing to retirement because you can't save for retirement like okay like if we need like a million dollars to retire you can it's so hard to save that much especially if you're paying for rent and expenses 
uh, and your living costs. And so I think that the new saying should be like invest for retirement personally because people leave their money in a savings account. And I w- and I've always been pretty good at saving. I'm really grateful that I've never been like a lavish person. Really, like I've always had like low maintenance and low taste. Thankfully, <laughs> I've always been I've always been super good at saving. But even if someone's super good at saving, like that might not be good enough because you should also be investing. And so I'm not really shocked that to know that a lot of people don't resonate with the concept of investing because we were never taught it. Yeah. But I think, I wish that more people did, but I'm not shocked by it because as I, as we said before, as we all agreed on, we were never taught this stuff. So oh, for sure, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty predictable, but yeah. So fun. It's just funny because you're talking to two people who have, it's not that we have no concept of saving. I mean, I can't speak for Sonia. I, I mean, I don't either. I'm, <laughs> I'm really not good at saving, but I love to spend. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. as long as I have a job and I have enough to pay rent and then, but then I look at my like I've maxed out my visa before and I've looked at like my visa the number and I'm like oh my god okay no I need to start somewhere and like chip away with like minimum payments or payoffs here and yeah. there it's like it's, it's not even saving is good but it's also like um educating yourself about managing is really important mm-hmm. for sure I yeah I mean especially we all live in Toronto right so we all go out all the time and like the lifestyle that we live is just yep. hard to maintain right and then we yeah. just don't know how to like manage our yeah. money and save our yeah for sure and I think for a lot of, I think for most humans like spending comes so naturally and mm-hmm. saving yeah. and investing 100% doesn't no, so sure. it's like I feel like we have to really unlearn our habits sometimes and like unlearn yeah. how we were taught because sure. like it's so easy to spend especially with like with cash kind of going out like it's more like credit cards tap yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like you sure. never even see your money so it's like, yeah, it's like it almost so feels like unlimited it's just a piece of plastic right oh, yeah sure. so, so spending is so easy to do and it comes so naturally and there's no barriers to spending it's just like tap 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 whatever <laughs> but there are barriers to saving and like there are steps that you have to take like out of your way like out of what feels natural and so i think like as humans that's like i, I think we've always had problems with that like with saving and investing and so and it makes it that much harder that we were never taught it in school again so yeah, you just have to unlearn some some habits sometimes. You have to kind of prioritize, I feel, like what brings you value. Something that I like to do is that like if I really want to buy something, it's like I give myself like a day or two to think of it just to get over that like emotional rush of like what I'm feeling. And then like if it settles down after two or three days and I still feel like I genuinely need it, I'll buy it. That's a but, good idea. Yeah. Yeah and, yeah. and it's really challenging though. I feel like like some people budgeting works for them some people it doesn't some people tracking every penny is really effective for some Mm -hmm. people it isn't and so I really think people have to just kind of learn about their own habits and be self-aware and kind of try out different budgeting hacks like I think I saw something on TikTok that was like oh look at your number in your bank account and then save the last number of your balance every week and like that's interesting and so it's like like if you have $208 in your account then okay save the $8 this week then next week you have $175 save the five dollars that week so that's kind of interesting and fun too yeah. so i feel like people just kind of have to try out different things be creative and find something that works for them but like i said before um i think also people can't over like overlook the importance of self-educating mm-hmm. and just maybe kind of sitting down for 10 minutes a day reading some personal finance books and just getting some new ideas and so i think people also have to self-educate so but people have to totally find something that works for them too right 
No. So true. And I think this TikTok has helped people a lot because like I don't read I hope. books. Yeah. They're so boring. I cannot go through them at all. But like the videos have helped me so much and it makes so much sense. And be like 30 seconds, you're like, oh my God, this actually makes so much sense now. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone learns in different ways too. So sometimes mm-hmm. sitting down with a book isn't for everyone too. And oh, so, God. but luckily now we have things like YouTube and podcasts. Like you guys are starting a podcast. This is so awesome. TikTok apps, like Instagram, TikTok. And so there's yeah. so much other ways that are like not the traditional way of like sitting down with a book like how our parents probably had to do like however many years ago so I think it's so so much easier now but it definitely takes some discipline to kind of sit down and decide that you want to learn and then just kind of be open-minded to learning new things too totally I have kind of a frivolous question on the opposite end of that what is your like what do you enjoy spending money on like what what is like make what do you spend like what is it like going out to eat is it shopping Mm -hmm. is it travel like just sort of curious yeah you know I've kind of been analyzing my spending habits recently and I don't really spend a lot of money on myself but I would but I often don't like I'm not like cheap when it comes to other people so like my friends and family like I'll buy them something if they want it or it's like when my best friend's birthday comes along like I'll splurge on something for her you know what I mean but I think on myself I'm just like a nerd like I'm okay with spending like 30 bucks on a book sometimes like I'm literally so so boring and nerdy that way like I'm not really into like lavish things for myself personally like I don't know so I think my spending comes more from like making other people happier that's so nice but you know I don't think I don't think I'm so nice because I feel like I've just always been like that I don't think I'm that nice I think I was just born that way so I can't really control it or anything but I don't know or maybe it's the way I was raised too like my family we've always been like we're like middle class we're, we've always been okay with money right mm-hmm. but um but we've always been like low maintenance never spending lavish on like luxury items so I think that's habits kind of always been ingrained in me too and um yeah I don't really spend my money on much maybe some books and stuff like that so boring but no they're I not know. I like reading books not yeah books but like you know novels books in general yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god it's yeah it's so everyone fun. has their thing yeah but I think I think my spending more comes from like spending on other people to like see their reaction or spending on to make them happy I guess I don't know that's oh, really sweet I just spend it on myself yeah <laughs> that's okay you have to yourself too yeah. that's okay but anyways thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and like you know no worries thank you guys um did you have to go to hospital today or um i have a night shift later on so i have a few more hours but i never sleep i'm such like so bad with sleeping that i never sleep before my night shift so anyway i'm just like a zombie after but it's okay oh Oh my god God. yeah nurse life (laughs) new grad grad nurse life (laughs) that's exciting though wait which hospital do you work in I worked one of the downtown hospitals. Mm, I don't want to say where, because like just in case. No, for sure. Yeah. 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 But I'm like somewhere downtown Toronto. Oh, wow. All right. Thank you so much. Um, Is there any like last piece of advice that you want to give everybody? For somebody who doesn't know how to say, but wants to learn like where would they start? Yeah. I think, you know, the book that really changed it for me was this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I've heard about that. I've heard of it, right? Podcast, um, this girl, Esther Pavinsky, who I follow on social media, she talks about that too. That's yeah. That's like, to that book. So it was like a bestseller book. I think it was written like probably 20 years ago, but it still stands today and it's like a bestseller for a reason. It's like this little, little novel-like book. Like it's purple. It's like kind of pocket size a bit. But it really changed my mindset. And I think one of the first things you have to do before you even start investing is like you have to make sure that like you're in like a healthy money mindset ready to invest. 
And so that book to me was like the gateway into like personal finance for me personally. So I think a lot of people would start with that book. I think a lot of people have, and it was like the start of their journey too. So I think to start with some good personal finance books, for me, the top three that really changed kind of my life in a good way were Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then Latte Factor by David Bach, and then Unshakable by Tony Robbins. So if anyone wants to check out those three books, uh, maybe see if it works works for them the same way it worked for me. So oh God, I thought those you. books were so influential to me, but yeah. Good to know. Thank you. Okay, that's awesome. No worries. Okay. Thank you so much Thank for your you time. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure yeah. talking to you. Thanks, we are so excited that we got the opportunity. We, we were so happy that like, you said yes to us. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> It's so weird because like I'm like people find me interesting enough to like want to talk to me like this is so strange. But because you're anyway. so educational and you make the, the things that are boring fun. So we're like oh my god, I would hope so. Bring her up. Yeah. 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 yeah so knowledgeable yeah, so it's sure. like just give us as much knowledge as you can so we can <laughs> good and yeah just that was the goal with starting the account is just making this like boring concept into something more interesting because it is kind of dry at first and people yeah. like people judge it because it's like so boring and sometimes it kind of is but it's also like how you present it so i think a lot of the financial financial uh tiktokers are like trying to kind of change that mm-hmm. and so i just kind of want to be a part of that so far i am i'm just going to keep rolling with it and see where it takes me i guess hopefully You're it'll sure. impact some people yeah well, you are doing an amazing job for sure uh, hopefully yeah. right. okay. so. take care bye thank guys you. thank bye. you so much again i appreciate it yeah for sure thank, thank you, you. okay bye bye